KOTO Community Radio News for Wednesday, July 14th. I'm Julia Caulfield. And I'm Matt Hoysh. In today's headlines, voters to weigh in on lodging tax. Telluride approves Southwest Area Plan. A state of the town address. And a mountain weather forecast. Telluride voters will soon have the opportunity to weigh in on how funds raised from lodging revenue are allocated. This week, Telluride Town Council discussed proposing a ballot measure to opt out of the current county lodging tax and implement its own town-run tax. Under the specific provisions of the county lodging tax statutory provisions, the money raised by the county lodging tax has a limited purpose or use. It can only be used for advertising and marketing of local tourism. That's Telluride Town Attorney Kevin Geiger presenting before Town Council on Tuesday. Currently, there is a 2% tax on all nightly lodging accommodations paid by those staying in the accommodations. Taxes are collected by the state in the towns of Telluride and Norwood and unincorporated parts of the county. The funds then go back to the county to be spent on marketing and tourism. Mountain Village collects its own lodging tax but opted out of the county tax in the early 90s. Because the issue at hand is a tax issue, the question must go to the voters, and council quickly decided to put the question on the ballot. Under the proposed question, the town of Telluride would opt out of the 2% county lodging tax and implement its own 2% lodging tax. While the tax amount would stay the same, if the town opts out of the county tax, Telluride could have more control on where the money goes. The funding currently goes to Marketing Telluride, Inc. That's the Telluride Tourism Board. In 2019, the county collected nearly $850,000. For Councilmember Adrian Christie, rethinking the tax makes sense. She believes it will give Telluride more control over how the funding is used. Right now, our hands are completely tied. The money always has to go to the same place forever and always. And I think the more opportunity um, elected officials have, whether that's this council or future councils have on um, meeting the needs of their community based on what's occurring in the community is really important. But Councilmember Tom Watkinson says switching from the county to a local lodging tax is, quote, putting the cart before the horse. What are we earmarking this for? Is there a specific reason? We know what the lodging tax does right now and where it goes. So what is this next tax for? Just an open fund that we get to go pull out whatever we want? Is it going to affordable housing? What's the purpose of the tax? as opposed to just having a random tax. That specific question as to where new town funding would go is the main point of conversation. No one on council suggests eliminating funding for marketing and tourism completely, but several council members, including Geneva Shawnette, would like to see some of the funds go to other places as well. It would still include marketing. We could add infrastructure, community support, housing, water. I mean, there's a million things that we can that we could use more of a budget for that also improve the guest experience and the locals experience. Geiger notes in the ballot language, the town would need to stipulate where the funds could go, but he adds it can be flexible. You have a broad list, a menu, if you will, and you get to pick, each council gets to pick from that menu every year as to how they want to allocate that funding. Or you can be quite specific and say, we want 86.8% to go to this and 11.4% to go to that. 
During public comment, opinions were mixed. Gary Hickox supports the measure, encouraging the town to use the funds for what he calls tourism mitigation. It can be used for it can be used for marketing, but also primarily for the mitigation of what is happening in this town as a result of what I think most people would say um, is a really deteriorating quality of life situation because of the level of tourism. Ellen Eleven agrees. We've done such a good job marketing this town, and it feels like we're continuing to build this like image and this marketing scheme on top of a foundation that's shaky at best, maybe completely falling apart. (laughs) Um, And I think that if we could use that money to budget towards things that we need to maintain this level of tourism, that's just like a smart way to spend money. But Dan Jansen, president of the Telluride Tourism Board, doesn't believe going to the voters is the best option. Going straight to the ballot box and the three governments going in different directions is not our preference. If you don't want us providing these services, we will not. So um, I hope uh, we can continue the discussion and your collaborative process would include us at some point. There is also concern from those in the West End. John Metzger is the president of the Norwood Chamber. He believes a better use of the funds could be focusing the tourism or marketing money towards the West End. Since Telluride wants to spread out tourists in this direction and employees and storage and property and so forth, maybe we should just keep the tax as it is, but just uh, target the marketing in a different direction. And again, more partnership, more uh, more regionalized out in this direction. And we'd we'd appreciate getting uh, that kind of recognition out here. The town of Telluride still needs to certify the ballot language, but council directed staff to draft a measure to opt out of the county lodging tax and implement its own at 2%. The measure will go to voters on the November 2nd general election ballot. Before embarking on long, complicated projects, it's often a good move to have a plan. Now Telluride has one for development in the southwest part of town. Town Council approved the Southwest Area Conceptual Plan at their meeting this week. The plan presents options for development and traffic modifications on 32 acres of publicly owned land on the west end of town. However, speaking at this week's council meeting, Town Planning and Building Director Ron Quarles is quick to stress the plan is a tool for council as they make decisions in the coming years. It is not, however, a detailed site plan. It's not a development proposal or initiative. It's not a master plan amendment. It is a guide for the town council. It reveals opportunities uh, based on the existing zoning. There's no proposal to change the zoning, but simply to find opportunities based on the current zoning. The plan, begun in 2019 but put on hold due to the pandemic, lays out opportunities for up to about 600 units of additional affordable housing, up to 30,000 square feet of new commercial space, new playgrounds and pocket parks, and circulation improvements including possibly adding two-way traffic to Pacific Avenue, adding a mini roundabout to the Colorado-Davis intersection, and replacing and relocating the bridge at the Mahoney-Pacific intersection. Councilmember Adrian Christie notes the plan will be useful as council heads into budgeting and goal setting for 2022. The circulation is a little bit of an initial priority for me, not that the housing and the development isn't, but I think those are that's more a low-hanging fruit that we can initially tackle while we start the conceptual 
design and planning for other aspects of this conceptual plan. Councilmember Geneva Shawnette agrees prioritizing the circulation improvements will set the stage for future development. I think everybody recognizes that there is some extra traffic over there that needs to be mitigated better. And as we add more density, we're going to need more more infrastructure that supports safe circulation. Members of the public voiced a mix of reactions during the meeting. Several support the plan's housing proposals. We're in crisis. We need to move ahead. We need to be working on housing. Businesses are suffering. We're losing community. And there are many details to be worked out, but it doesn't mean that we shouldn't go ahead and you know, approve something that we can work towards in the future. This is our only option that really feels like the scale is appropriate for the scale of the problem. There's no time to hesitate. We need to take action and build these units now so we can provide places for people to live. That's Amy Levick, Ellen Eleven, and Sam Barnes. Others, however, had concerns. For Brendan Shine, congestion is one. It's going to be pretty busy trying to get to uh, the Lift 7 area. Lauren Woodward has concerns about the pace of building hundreds of new homes. Is it spanning over 20 years? Is it happening right when you put the shovel in the ground? That's a very, very large amount of people that will become permanent residents in town when we clearly don't have a handle on tourism and and what is happening in town and how crowded we are, how crowded our trails are, how crowded parking has become on Main Street. Nicole Peterson notes there has already been a lot of affordable housing activity on the west end of town. She thinks there should be development on the east end on a vacant plot of land near the cemetery. The most balanced approach would be for council to consider that as well so that we have a good mix throughout the town. Council unanimously approved the Southwest Area Conceptual Plan, but that doesn't mean everything in it will become a reality overnight. The plan is a guide for long-term phase development with lots of opportunity for public comment along the way, stresses Christie. More information on the Southwest Area Conceptual Plan is available at telluride-co.gov. Telluride Mayor Delaney Young provided a mid-year State of the Town address for 2021 at Tuesday's Town Council meeting. The following is the address in its entirety. This is the State of the Town address for July 13, 2021, and I am Mayor Delaney Young. In my first State of the Town address to all of you in January of 2020, I said that I believed when you elected me, you placed your trust in me to keep things real and not simply sugarcoat the state of the town. I still believe this and I intend to be steadfast in my honesty, even when it is uncomfortable. To temper the discomfort, I will always strive for compassionate honesty. In my last State of the Town address, as we entered the downslope of a daunting spike of local COVID-19 cases, I did my best to focus on the positive with a gentle reminder to remain vigilant. While we have had only one COVID death in our community, that one death affected so many. We have heard over and over that we are not out of the woods yet. This remains true. Yet we should be proud as a community of our standing, not only in the state of Colorado, but also in the nation with the levels of vaccination we have achieved. We don't all agree on issues related to this pandemic and that is okay. 
please remember to be kind no matter what. We have lost many friends in the past several months to tragic accidents and several others have sustained serious injury. The loss of these individuals will be felt always. As community gathered and shared stories and laughter, the love could be felt across the miles. This does not eliminate the sadness. Perhaps that togetherness can provide some solace. Sometimes it is hard to believe something when your eyes are seeing contrary evidence. Though it looks lush and green and we are seeing occasional rain here in Telluride, as an aside, ironically, the thunder right now, sorry. <laughs> we sit near the edge of what is in fact a 20 year drought in the Western portion of the United States. The smoke that has settled in our air is a reminder that one small mistake or act of nature can wreak havoc on a community and its surrounding region. Please pay attention to the data and not just what your eyes are telling you. We need a healthy economy to satisfy the needs of the people who live here and the demands of those who travel here. Our economy has been thriving, even in the midst of a pandemic. Our businesses overall were as successful as the preceding three-year average, and in some cases, more successful. The real estate market has driven our rent revenue to unforeseen heights. We are so fortunate to have escaped this past year and a half relatively unscathed in terms of our local economy. That success does not always come without a cost, and we are experiencing unintended consequences. Businesses are now struggling to keep their doors open, not due to lack of demand, but due to a shortage of help. We should always recognize and appreciate the good things we see, hear, and experience. We should be joyful, enjoy each other's accomplishments and special occasions. It feels good to be able to enjoy each other's company in person again. Yet we cannot ignore the struggles that people are facing on a daily basis. We must be vigilant, we must be diligent, we must be thoughtful and kind. We must remember what makes our home special and nurture everyone and everything that makes it possible. We must do all of these things with an open mind to the bigger picture and not simply focus on our own individual situations. We are truly all connected and we are at our best when everyone is successful. Though our boundaries are the town of Telluride, we are part of a much larger community. I want to thank each and every one of you for being a part of our community. You are all important. That was Mayor Delaney Young providing a State of the Town address at the Telluride Town Council meeting on Tuesday. A ballot question cleaning up language in Telluride's town charter is one step closer to the voters. The town charter is, in essence, Telluride's constitution, laying out rules and regulations for how the town runs. 
Telluride's town charter was adopted in 1978 and was last amended in 2013. Now, the town is looking to make some updates again, but it's a process. Um, All charter amendments require voter approval and require two readings of an ordinance to refer them to the ballot. Unlike other measures that only require one reading of a resolution, charter amendments do require two. That's Telluride Town Clerk Tiffany Cavanaugh. On Tuesday, Telluride Town Council passed a first reading of proposed ballot language. Some amendments are straightforward, changing the position titled town treasurer to finance director. Another switches the town moderator from a two-year elected position to a four-year elected position. But others are more complex or nuanced, such as petition requirements for initiatives or referendums. Kavanaugh suggests clarifying language to indicate that if 15% of the electorate signs a petition for an initiative, it will trigger a special election to vote on the issue. If less than 15%, but more than 5% of voters sign a petition, that issue will get saved for the next municipal election. Proposed amendments to the charter range from town council procedure to elections, town administration to boards and commissions. As the measure language moves closer and closer to the ballot, voters should be prepared for a heavy lift. The uh, additions to the charter we're recommending be in all caps, and then the deletions would be strike through. In total, voters will need to decide on nearly 30 amendments or changes spanning multiple pages. Following a second reading, town council can certify language for the ballot question. The measure amending the town charter will go before voters on the November ballot. A drum, a drum, Macbeth doth come to the Box Canyon. Telluride Theatre is putting on the Shakespearean tragedy of witches, seduction, murder, and madness for the 31st annual Shakespeare in the Park. Macbeth hits the town park stage this Saturday and runs through July 25th with performances Rain or Shine every night at 8 p.m. except Wednesday. The show also features new original songs by local musician Emily Scott Robinson. Tickets are available at telluridetheater.org. San Miguel County teachers and students can get in for free and claim their tickets by emailing sasha at telluridetheater.org. The gondola between Telluride and Mountain Village closed down on Monday afternoon due to mechanical issues. According to Mountain Village Public Information Officer Catherine Warren, between 75 and 100 riders had to be unloaded at the Telluride station after being stuck in cabins for about an hour and 15 minutes while crews assessed the situation. There were no injuries or health issues due to the closure, Warren says. The section between Mountain Village and San Sofia Station opened later in the day, and the section from Telluride to San Sofia opened back up on Tuesday. Buses ran between Oak Street Plaza and Blue Mesa to compensate. The gondola also had to unload passengers and briefly halt loading on Tuesday due to lightning concerns. Laboratory testing confirmed a fatality in La Plata County was due to the plague. KSUT's Sarah Flower has more. The Department of Public Health and Environment, in conjunction with San Juan Basin Public Health Department, have confirmed that the cause of death of a 10-year-old La Plata County resident was due to the plague. According to CDPHE, in the last 15 years, there have been 22 reported human cases of the plague in Colorado, nine of which 
were in La Plata County. CDPHE says humans usually get the plague after being bitten by a rodent flea that is carrying plague bacterium or by handling an animal infected with plague. Public Health is doing an epidemiological investigation and says that while this disease is very rare, it does occur, and to seek medical care if you have symptoms. The Center for Disease Control says symptoms may include sudden onset of fever, headache, chills, weakness, and one or more swollen, tender, and painful lymph nodes. The plague is treatable with commonly available antibiotics. The CDC says the earlier a patient seeks medical care and receives treatment that is appropriate for plague, the better their chances are for a full recovery. Public Health reminds residents to keep pets up to date on vaccinations and protected from fleas. The Health Department also says that children should be aware of these precautions and know how to tell an adult if they've had contact with a wild animal or were bitten by fleas. For KSUT, I'm Sarah Flower. The National Weather Service forecast for the western San Juans calls for a 40% chance of showers and thunderstorms tonight with partly cloudy skies and patchy smoke. The low is around 50 degrees. There is a flash flood watch in effect. Thursday, there is a 50% chance of showers and thunderstorms with mostly sunny skies, patchy smoke, and a high in the mid-70s. Thursday night, expect a chance of showers and thunderstorms with patchy smoke and partly cloudy skies and a low around 50. Friday, there is a chance of showers and thunderstorms with mostly sunny skies during the day and partly cloudy skies at night. The high is around 75 degrees with a low around 50. This has been the news for Wednesday, July 14th. Thanks for listening. If you have a story idea or a news tip, call the news team at 728-3206. And now, personal commentaries. Hi, everybody. Ashley Bradley here to talk to you briefly about the upcoming Bow Wow Film Festival and auction, which are going to be taking place online this year, running July 23rd to August 6th to benefit Second Chance Humane Society. We've got some amazing auction items that we just want to highlight briefly for you so you can get psyched to log in online and bid on some of our fun auction packages and items. Starting with a pool party for your pooch. This is a priceless event, um, never before offered. It's an hour-long pool party uh, the day that the town park pool will be closing, which is August 29th. And your pooch and nine of their friends and 20 of their uh, family companions can come and hang out and swim at the town park pool. We've got a wellness package with an acupuncture treatment and lunch uh, at Lunch Money here in Telluride. We've got a state-of-the-art cryotherapy treatment available only at Pure Beauty. Some delicious dining experiences, including uh, 221 South Oak, provisions in Ridgeway, Butcher and Baker, as well as a custom bakery box uh, from the Golden Golden Crumb Bakery. Uh, stock up on amazing fresh local produce with a gift certificate from Vicky's Fresh Food Movement. Explore the West End with a two-night stay at Camp V outside of Natarita. Uh, in addition to a fun side-by-side -side rental with three peaks in Nucla, and pick up breakfast on your way at Thornycroft Kitchen in Norwood. 
There's dog agility training in Grand Junction, a luxurious visit to 10,000 Waves in Santa Fe, New Mexico. Nurture your inner adventurer with an overnight at Opus Hut in Ophir or a guided Via Ferrata outing for four people in Ure. Explore the beauty of nearby McElmo Canyon with a stay at the Canyon of the Ancients Guest Ranch and a tasting and vineyard tour at Sutcliffe Winery. We have beautiful jewelry pieces, estate artwork pieces, and more. So again, please check out Bow Wow Film Festival and the online auction benefiting Second Chance Humane Society running July 23rd to August 6th. Thanks so much for your support. Hello there, Kodo listeners. It's Sarah Holbrook here, the Executive Director of the Penhead Institute based in Telluride, Colorado, and spreading the love of STEM education all through rural southwestern Colorado. I was just reading a crazy article in the New York Times, Science Times, that says kale, cabbage, cauliflower, Brussels sprouts, and broccoli are all versions of the same plant, Brassica oleracea. Wow, that's a hard one. Um, The reason they're studying it is because there's this gorgeous kind of cauliflower called Romanesco cauliflower that has just been um, bred a little bit differently, and now it's shaped like fractals. That's math. Anyhow, it's beautiful. You should take a look at it. Um, And I don't know, maybe buy it at the farmer's market or something. Romanesco cauliflower. Check it out. You know what else you should check out? You should check out Pinhead's Science of Cocktails coming up this Saturday night, where we're celebrating Pinnett's 20th anniversary. Hooray! And we're going to have a lot of current and former interns who are going to be there in lab coats to chat you up and tell you all about their summers of science. Um, Did you know that two, for example, are going to be studying food science this summer at Long Table Farms in Durango? courtesy of Nana Nesbitt, the founder of Pinhead, who has been helping us out with some of our STEM placements this summer for our terrific 33 different interns. Some have already been doing their six-week internships and are on their way back and will even be in attendance this Saturday night. Tickets are available on our website at www.pinheadinstitute.org, or you can buy tickets, cash or credit, at the door Saturday night, Transfer Warehouse, 6 to 8 p.m., Don't miss out. Find out all about the cool things that Pinhead is doing. We still have a few summer camps coming up with room. So if you have younger kids and you want to keep them busy, send them to our summer camps. Also, Tuesdays through the end of July and through the beginning of August, Tuesdays from 515 to 6, we have super fun, hands-on punk science lessons, again, at the Transfer Warehouse. So your little ones can get their hands dirty and learn something all at the same time. Check out all our offerings at pinheadinstitute.org. And don't forget to attend Science of Cocktails this Saturday night at the Transfer Warehouse from 6 to 8 p.m. And meanwhile, go bite into a delicious and mathematic head of Romanescu cauliflower. Thanks so much. Opinions broadcast over KOTO are those of the speakers. You are also invited to express your views after the news or on access each weekday at around 4 p.m. If you would like to comment, please contact a staff person here at Koto. We encourage you to speak out on important public issues.